There we go. We are live. Oh, I, was, I forgot to mute the uh, mute Twitch. I was like, why am I echoing? <laughs> oh. Yep. You can tell that I'm a bit rusty with the old broadcast thing. That's okay. Oh. What? What a week. It has been a week, huh? Yeah, it's, it's, it's been a week. It's been a long week, and I am excited to talk about video games. Let's do it. I was actually, my follow-up question was going to be, do you want to talk about it? And then I remembered I am not on the clock. Yeah. I mean, I w I'm sure that I will talk about it at some point through the podcast, yeah. but I cool. think first, uh, you know, we should, we should talk about the, the big news. And when I say big news, I mean like little news, but I guess kind of unexpected just because this is the first time that Bethesda has ever done uh, like a a gauntlet so soon after a, another gauntlet um, yeah. and that's the singleton gauntlet that was announced for this weekend and that I, i'm glad me, they're following it up yeah i was gonna say that makes me excited that they might be this might be the start of like an ongoing rotation of some kind where we'll have one every weekend or something i would definitely play more if that was the case um, I, and I think th one of the reasons I'm glad they're following it up so quickly is I need to get the taste of East Empire Crafter out of my mouth. <laughs> oh, yeah, right? Um, I mean, I'm just happy that they're doing it because not every gauntlet's going to be for everybody. Um, yeah. Part, part of it is because of the like massive amount of life stuff I have going on, but I'll, I'll admit the last one was the first gauntlet that I didn't play in. Um, okay. So... I'm sure that as a diehard like player like me, even me taking a gauntlet off, that means that there are plenty of people who don't play in every mode and have preferences for modes, and so getting into some sort of rotation will hopefully ensure there's like participation, you know? I agree. And this, I think, like, I think that uh, Popper was a, a cool idea because you got to play some cards that you didn't see a lot of. But I think that Singleton is going to really step it up to the next level. Like, I've been practicing with Singleton in casual, and uh, I have been having an absolute blast playing cards that used to be played, cards that are never played. And, uh, that, I mean, that's my wheelhouse, right? Like, playing the strange, you know, stuff that you don't get to see most of the time. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, I'm excited about it, and I kind of hope that at some point, you know, we get what I would call the controlled chaos gauntlets, right? Like, you can say what you want about Hearthstone as a game, but part of me really enjoyed the tavern brawls where they would say, like, this is the theme this week, now build a deck to take advantage of it, right? Whether it was the, yeah. you know, special conditions or, um, like, special deck requirements, things like that. I, I think that those challenge you to think about the game in new and different ways. Um, they're certainly, mm -hmm. like, fun and great for content creation, which is always a plus. Um, yeah. But... They also like let some cards shine that you wouldn't normally play, and I I would like to see uh, specifically them take advantage of some of the lanes and things, you know. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I would, I mean, like just one weekend in my life, I'd love to take advantage of a zoo lane gauntlet. I mean, we'd all be playing spell sword, but I, I think that there's so many opportunities for cool gauntlets and cool rumbles that I'm just. I'm super psyched to see two so so quickly after each other. Yeah, I don't know. 
I don't know if I want to see something on par with necessarily Zulane, but I had thought about <laughs> I had thought about something that was like when you play a creature with a keyword, randomly assign it uh, a different keyword. So okay. like you'd be encouraged to play creatures that maybe have like an abundance of keywords, or yeah. you know like rampaging minotaur, who I already think is fine enough as it is because I'm that weirdo, right? But like something right. like that might shine just because its strength is in keywords. Yeah, I can see that. The uh, Battle Reef of Dusk Gauntlet. Yeah, kind of. And it would be interesting because some creatures have lots of keywords um, for yeah. like a cheap cost, but if you don't get those specific keywords, they actually might go down in value. So like Fighter's Guild Recruit yeah. has two keywords at two, but mm -hmm. like all of the value comes from lethal and you have to attack into it, right? So Yeah. That thing I agree. Gets, if it gets breakthrough regen, you're like, oh. Right, right, that's true. Ward regenerate. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> on my on my one two. Yeah. Yeah, illusory mimic would be great in that. Yeah, that'd be cool. Yeah, illusory mimic would be fun. So and and there's obviously all sorts of stuff you could do with that. Um <clears throat> I would like to see, you know, even just like the flanking lane tried out mm -hmm. you know that's one that's in chaos arena and clanking yeah. overall as an ability has been talked about a lot i'd like to see him try that right. just for a gauntlet so many of those lane effects work so well with token generators though i feel like we might end up in the same situation that uh that the uh popper gauntlet led to where there's like a clear clear best deck oh i mean there might be and that was very typically the case in the hearthstone brawls but it's just that like um, yeah um you know, taking the time to crack it and figure it out can be a That's lot of true. fun. And you I can, agree with that. You can potentially... So with this game, unlike Hearthstone, the presence of the second lane can be your potential for balance, right? So, like, you might have yeah, one true. lane be a flanking lane, but then you might have the other lane be, like, you know, when you play a creature here, deal one damage to all other creatures or something. So if somebody's yeah, stacking the flanking lane, then you can pile the other lane and maybe ping them to death to get rid of tokens, or... There's all sorts of fun yeah. stuff we can do. I agree, we could definitely do some uh, some new lanes. I think that we're due for some new lanes anyway, both for Solo Arena and for Chaos Arena. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I also think we're due yeah. for uh, more supports like uh, Hidden Trail. Yeah, Hidden Trail would be an interesting one. Um, even just starting with College of Winterhold I think would be fun. Oh, yeah, I mean, that for a gauntlet, I meant, like, I think that in general in the game we're due for more cards oh, and yeah. trail that just replace a lane, you know? I agree, I agree. You know, Halloween's right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I don't know if you know this or not about me, but it's my favorite holiday. Is it really? It is. It's 100% my favorite holiday. It has been my entire life, um... I've I've said on stream before in the past that it's the only holiday that has something for every age group, which I That's think is part of the appeal, right? When you're like real young, you enjoy dressing up, get a little bit older yeah. and you enjoy like what I call uh, the candy hustle. How many houses can I hit? Uh, sure. Figuring out who gives full size and king size candy bars, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Um, then, like, teen and college years, it's, you know, everybody wearing the slutty versions of costumes, so uh, that's exciting. Um, and oh, then yeah. when you hit, like, your 
like early 20s, uh, mid 20s, etc. Depending on the point of your life you're in, you get to do the cool like couples costumes, um, mm -hmm. attend like those kinds of fun parties, and then you get to be the person giving out candy, but then you can like make your house be the cool house on the block and go over board with decorations or have like a haunted house in your garage and do those things. And then when you get really old, uh, you can be the person who gives out like apples instead of candy just to spite kids because that's what like is your duty as a senior citizen or to give out pennies or dude, something. Dude, I'm already there giving out the healthy snacks. That's me. Yeah. <laughs> I... I don't mind that people do it. I guess for me, it's that whole, like, you teach your kids to check your candy for razor blades and stuff, and, like, there's no way to yeah. check the apple. So, like, regardless right. of the thought, I have to throw it away. Um, <laughs> I'm a I'm a diabetic vegetarian, man. Like, for Halloween, I give away apples. <laughs> yeah. You should, you're, you should give away, like, sugar packets because you're like, well, I have no use for it. Right, there you go. Yeah. yeah. That's funny. <laughs> Um, but I, you know, something we were talking about before we got on the air was, uh, <clears throat> stuff that we wanted to see legends do, right? And, uh, Halloween's a great opportunity to do some sort of thematic thing with the game, you know, get a little spooky for a few weeks. And a lot of other games are doing stuff like this. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, it's almost fair to say that it's like an industry standard in many ways um maybe not yeah. even just like card games but just video games in general i mean you look at what blizzard does they certainly have a halloween theme and they do like the overwatch skins and so on and so forth uh hand of the gods has yeah. got their halloween theme packs um we look at other games as well they do stuff for for halloween there's some like japanese card games that i've been trying out on the side just because i'm a sucker for card games and even they do stuff for halloween so it feels really weird that we've had nothing thematic and, uh, you know, one of the people uh, that I follow on Twitter was very specifically saying that they felt like it was a missed opportunity for Legends because um, even if they don't want to do something campy, because one of the benefits is that they, they don't necessarily do the campy stuff from art style and, and so yeah, forth. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, even if they didn't want to do that, they still could have maybe done something Dawnguard related to play up like vampires and werewolves. And I thought that that was yeah. a brilliant idea. I like that idea a lot. You know, the first time actually I dressed in costume on camera was last Halloween. I did a, uh, I did a draft where I dressed as a banana and Sandra dressed as a gorilla. And we, mm. uh, we drafted all of the undead cards we could. <laughs> yeah. And I would love to see some Dawnguard content regardless of the holiday, but I think this is... I mean, who knows? Like, we're supposed to get some sort of announcement relatively soon. I would love, like, to see some kind of, like, Dawnguard announcement any day now. Yeah, I'd love to see it, too. It just felt like, you know, again, normally, like, October 1st hits, and immediately people, like, ramp up the Halloween thing. I mean, even, even Bethesda's other titles, right? So, uh, if you're not familiar, Bethesda, uh, officially today, uh, October 13th, Friday the 13th, uh, The Evil Within 2 launched, right? It's their new, like, yeah. spooky survival horror follow-up. Um, mm -hmm. You know, they've been playing up the spookiness with that, so it's not like That's they true. don't do it for their other titles. Um, That's true. Oh, and Aviva, I don't think Shadowverse needs to do anything goofy with Halloween because um, <clears throat> those cards are already wearing 19-year-old uh, Halloween costumes all the time. 
Yeah, <laughs> basically. As far as I understand, that's the appeal of the game. Yeah, I I would like to see some Dawn Guard stuff. I would have liked to seen, you know, something Halloween. Like, I like that we have a more traditional art style for Legends, but I also don't mind the occasional campy stuff. Like, I'll, I'll admit it, I love Dapper Defender, right? So, yeah, I agree. You know, as long as it's not, like, the overall art style, but if it's, like, a onesie-twosie thing then yeah. you know i'm i'm all for it give me like give me an alternate art version of something like that's just it right like all these other games are really like capitalizing on microtransactions to play up the holiday spirit so mm. give, give me an alternate art something where like one of my undeads has a jack-o-lantern head or whatever and i'm sold like i'll buy it right now sign me up i'm pre-ordering yeah absolutely i would hop on anything like that that came out immediately and i think we've talked about in the past like how like the audience is ready to make those microtransactions. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know that I am, but I'm a sucker for it, so. No, I am I am as well. Um, and uh, it's, it's like, I don't care about premium versions of my regular art cards, but like when it comes to like alternate art, I, for some reason, that's, that's what I want. That's where I want to be. That's the kind of stuff I want to buy. I'll buy it all. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just fun because it's, I don't know, it, it feels a little more, you know, unique and I guess personal. I don't know. It's just yeah. some, something about doing something a little bit different. You know what, though? I think that we should probably backtrack a little bit and talk more about this Singleton Gauntlet because I think that there's a lot of opportunity for deck building here and people might need, you know, maybe some inspiration from like the kinds of cards we're thinking about. You know we could combine the two thoughts and say oh, crap. potentially you could play singleton gauntlet and since it's just like a fun mode anyway try yeah. to do the halloween singleton gauntlet where you only pull uh put Ooh. spooky cards in your deck right like so it. like you could like do it. all your skeletons vampires yes. like werewolves there's probably enough in i would say like warrior or yeah. sorcerer to support that, right? I feel like there's enough spooky Absolutely. stuff between those that you could get the majority of a haunting deck in there. I think you should just go mono purple. <laughs> mono purple being my go-to for anything goofy. Yeah, the only reason I was thinking like another color is to stick more werewolves in. Basically. Oh, that's true. Were werewolves fit completely well. Yeah, I agree. Undead, undead and werewolves are perfect. Yeah, because to me it was like a, just a more of a, a horror theme as opposed to just straight undead, right? I so like it. You could put Throw a, unstoppable, unstoppable Rage and some Vampires and I think you got a good deck. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> you, you gotta run Unstoppable Rage because it it induces nightmares but that was also it's funny that's also <laughs> why i wanted to run sorcerer because in my head i was like okay if i don't have enough creatures i'll just run actions and bringer of nightmares because it still fits the Ooh, theme there you go so i felt like sorcerer was an open avenue as well yeah you know what uh, uh, in line with both themes one of the things that i've been experimenting with is um a deck running a lot of last gasp cards right like last gasp gets hit uh, relatively hard by some of the constructed playable cards. Um, the the, sil the main deck silence effects, bounce effects that, you know, punish you for playing overcosted creatures, stuff like that. Um, and uh, I think that the pace of the gauntlet is going to be a little bit slower 
And I think that Last Gasp giving you that extra value could really be kind of cool. And what's more Halloween themed than uh, merrily sending your creatures off to die? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, You know, there could even be an argument to be made for maybe doing something like Spell Sword because you could run like Grizzly Gourmet and fit Halloween as well for sweet treats. I like that. I do like that. I like that a lot. I think you gotta have Wabajack then for the potential sweet roll action. Yep. Wabajack's kind of spooky anyway. I mean, Shea Gorath might be the closest we get to like uh, a Jack Pumpkinhead type character. <laughs> yeah, maybe. Um, you know, executing things feels pretty spooky. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and Necromancer's Amulet would go perfectly into a spell sword deck. Yeah, I do like the idea of like Last Gasp though as well right that just that idea this it makes me feel like i wish we had more recursion effects maybe not soul terror s but just more like the you know the one one the deathless dragger deathless dragger yeah yeah like i just want more things because it's really it's just him and the elf right the deshan avenger are pretty much i guess they're sadris agent there's not mm-hmm. a ton of stuff that, like, when it dies, replaces itself, though. And That's true. I would like true. to There's see not... some more of that, I think. I agree. Um, all right, I had a good one. <laughs> you have to come back to me. <laughs> all right, I'm, coming, I'm coming back to you. All right, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I think the last gasp is a cool one to work with. I think that, uh, I mean, personally, I think that last gasp, like, um, a Last Gasp theme mini expansion would be fun. You know, we saw Last Gasp as an ability branch out into strength quite a bit with Heroes of Skyrim, where it wasn't before. Yeah. I think that uh, thematically, like, I think you could link Last Gasp successfully to all the colors. Um, I'm not sure that, like, mechanically you want to do that, but if you're okay with that, I think that uh, Last Gasp is something I'd love to see expanded on in, in a mini expansion. I think you could, uh, I mean, personally, my favorite games to play are mid-range deck versus mid-range deck where, you know, you're fighting for board control and every little piece of, of, uh, of ground you, you cover matters. And I think that uh, encouraging more last gas play could result in that. I mean, I'm a big fan of putting all of the ability words in every class. Because um, I yeah. think that, yeah, like, I think that you can still keep the theme of each class kind of correct and unique to it but still utilize the ability like i for example right like i would be entirely fine if like pilfer showed up in strength as long as the pilfer effect like fit strength right and i we're kind of already seeing that already with last gasp bleeding over uh slay used to be almost like a strictly scout type thing but now we're seeing more and more uh creatures with slay um and i just I just feel like it, it makes sense that, you know, those types of abilities would, you know, appear everywhere. They're not, um, like, I would like to see a pilfer effect in strength that is uh, instead for, like, breaking uh, uh, items, right? Like, so red already has silence, so maybe it's, like, pilfer... And, like, when you pilfer silence another creature or something, right? Like, you would call it, like, a sword breaker. It's the idea that somebody's just, like, overpowering or browbeating another creature into submission, right? Um, Okay. 
you know, stuff like that. Because I, I think you can still keep the spirit of a attribute or the spirit of a class, but then showcase yeah. it in other abilities. I definitely think that's possible. I think that if you did head that direction, I would like to see removal double down. Like the, each class is di each uh, color's different removal suite double down on the class identity, so that like we make sure we don't bleed abilities too much. Mm -hmm. um, I like how different everything feels, and I I, I would almost want to see things feel more different. Um, but I think that uh, as long as you strengthen the uh, the differences between each class and color. Um, in other areas, you could find mechanically like um, appropriate for each color uses for most keywords. Like I don't want to see ward on a warrior on a on a strength card. Uh, I don't really want to see regenerate on a on a willpower or strength card. You know, but I think that uh, there's a lot of opportunity. Pilfer is a good example of one that could fit. I think in every color. Yeah, I guess I should specify, and this might help with uh, newer players. Um, when I said that, I said specifically ability words. Um, so if you're a new player, ability words are different from keywords. Uh, key... Oh, see, I'm I'm stupid. No, 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 it's fine. <laughs> like it's a it's a common it's a common quick thing to miss, and I see very often like players will ask or you'll see posts on Reddit and so forth where somebody will say like you know I played a Nazi but I didn't get my opponent's pilfer or whatever. So um, for if you're not familiar, uh, keywords are like the singular words that have the same meaning every time. Uh, there are seven of them currently in the game. I affectionately call them the Mundus Seven because I think that's the best way to remember them. And that Fair is, uh, a keyword is anything that Mundus Stone could grant, right? So you've got yeah. Ward, Regenerate, Charge, Breakthrough, uh, Lethal, Guard, and... Drain, sorry. Um, so that's that, those are keywords. Now, ability words are things that are still codified, right? So they have the same um, overall like activation or meaning, right? But they have a different uh, effect when they occur. They're unique to each creature. So like last gasp always means when the creature dies, but it'll do something different depending on the creature. Uh, same with pilfer. Um, the same with slay. So when you hear uh, or see people talk about like ability words, uh, those are different from keywords, and that's a pretty big distinction, especially for new players because they might not understand the the interaction. Um, but I think I think ability words can fit across any attribute or any class as long as whatever yeah. the trigger is fits that theme. I think it would open up more um, identity, and I also think that it would open up uh, honestly some more like interesting decks. You know. Uh, Ultra Assassin, for example, people almost always pick Assassin when they're, you know, as their first go-to Ultra deck because of all the Last Gasp synergy, but if we open up Last Gasp to some of the other classes, then we might see more than just, you know, the... I can see that. The handful. Anything that gets um, Ultra Despair into more hands is, uh, into more decks is something I approve of. <laughs> um... <clears throat> So the singleton format, I think, is interesting for a couple reasons, right? Like, we, you have, first of all, it's an opportunity to take the shell, right, that you that you would put in any class, like you know the the fifteen cards that you definitely want to see. I'm sorry, my my cat is yeah, making I was an appearance. Say. Again. Yeah, <laughs> that's my apologies. She, <laughs> she loves to uh, show up this time of night. Um, but time, man, you might as well just put her on. I know, you know, it's one of those things, like, she has her own schedule, right? And so it happens to be 
that this time at night, this is when this happens. We need to, I need to like, we need to get a second webcam for you, and I'll make like a little box, and we'll just call it Cat Cam, and it'll be up in the corner. Yeah. That'd be That'd fantastic. Be great. Um, but like, you know, let's let's say that you're you're playing a deck that has green in it, right? Like, you're likely to include uh, Fighters Guild recruit, Thieves Guild recruit, right? You're likely to to include Brotherhood Slayer, um, Leaf Lurker, probably. Um, the uh, two-two spider with lethal that shackles something in its lane. And those are cards that like are must-haves, right? But like, the great thing about Singleton is after you fill out those cards that you're definitely going to run, you still have like 20 spots left. <laughs> Cliff Racer is definitely going in an evergreen deck. But what you're going to do next is 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 like, for example, in one of the ones that I'm working on, uh, I was like, I was looking at like finishers you don't get to play a lot. And I was like, you know what? Devaith Fear could be fun. Or uh, Indril uh, Archmage, right? Like these are the cards that I really want to play in singleton format. That are gonna—they're high-powered cards that just have like one small flaw, or there's something better in that casting cost. And that is why I think this is the best, uh, best gauntlet format by far they've they've had so far. Yeah, um, there are plenty of creatures that I would love to shoehorn in for exactly those reasons. I think that like Quinroll Burglar could be a big surprise because Absolutely. not not only. Is it a good time to include it? But that also means that there's only one lightning bolt that you have to worry about when you play it. Right. Yeah. Um, similarly, Night Talon Lord, there's only one javelin you have to worry about, and he is a house. Uh, Absolutely. The, the Batman is the knight, right? Like, I, I call him Batman because, oh, yeah. one, he's a giant bat, and, two, when you play him, he says, I am the knight, right? So, yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's great, and I think that there are some other cards that will definitely shine, um, both because of the lack of ability to just jam three of whatever the best option is but then also right. the lack of uh potential answers right like people are really gonna have to be creative with answers and if anything mm -hmm. that's my one concern is i feel like control strategies um i'm not saying they're impossible i just feel like they might be a little bit more difficult in this format because you can't rely on like you know i'm gonna have three ice storms and make sure i hit one on turn six you know what i mean right so i'm kind of curious to see how the control side of things plays out or the more reactive strategies. I think that there are a lot of just like there are a lot of like tier two uh, giant threats like Devaith Fear. Uh, I think that there are a lot of removal spells that we that people frequently overlook, right? Like um, we think of Javelin and Execute as like the go-to willpower cards, right, for removal. But uh, I believe in this format, like you're going to be able to play Spiteful Dramora potentially. I think you're going to be able to play. Uh, you know, one copy of Immolating Blast, one copy of Dawn's Wrath. Um, obviously, you have access to Manticora, and that's an, a shoe-in for these sorts of decks. Uh, I think that you're going to be... I think that there's a lot of stuff out there that people just don't play because there are slightly better options or, or more situationally useful options. And I think that including all of them and, like, seeing what kind of cool interactions come up is going to be one of the cool parts about this gauntlet. Oh, I, I definitely agree. Um, right in that same vein, I've always been a big fan of Devour. I think it's... Uh, Devour is a, a great example. You know, a bit underrated just in general. Yeah. Um, yeah. However, a lot of those are also Tier 2, in my opinion, because they're so situational. Yeah. And not having the right answer at the right time really means those yeah. bombs are going to be impactful, right? Like, this might just be... Right. It's interesting. This might be an arms race kind of gauntlet. You know, we'll, yeah. we'll have to see how it plays out, but this very well could be the, you know, who gets the right bomb at the right time. I agree. 
I think that a good place to start if, if you're, you know, if you're kind of in the dark as far as where to start for building your singleton deck would be to, you know, take a class you want to examine and then jam one copy of every conceivably playable prophecy card in that combination of colors in your deck. I think that's the I think that's the best place to start, right? Because I think having a high prophecy count in a format where people might not be thinking, "Oh, I should be playing this card," like this is a subpar card. Um, I think that that could be a way to take advantage of people, uh, take advantage of games. Um, I think that uh, a, a good second step would probably be to look at. Uh, What's well, definitely, I mean, I feel like the three multicolor cards for in some classes that you have access to are almost all shoe-ins. I think that the exceptions are a couple of the Heroes of Skyrim, uh, you know, spell effect ones. I think that those are cards you definitely want to throw in there. Uh, and the, then uh, from there, go ahead. I was going to say, I think the Warrior one could be a little suspect, uh, if only because oh, I'm not sure that there's enough orcs in Singleton, right? So That's, that's a good point. That's a good point. You the know, Warrior obviously... I was gonna say, obviously, Sower is fine, but I think about the yeah. Chieftain. Um, I do think that I mean I've always thought that uh, Warrior's Rage or whatever the Heroes of Skyrim Warrior card is that buffs a creature and an item in your hand by plus two plus two. I've always thought that card's good. I've played around with it quite a bit. I think that that's a card that you might be able to make work. Uh, you'd have to commit to a more aggressive strategy where you're mm -hmm. having you know enough reasonable items in your hand to make that work. But I, I do agree that Warrior would be a difficult one to pull this off with. So, as somebody who's been on the receiving end of it from a particular challenge, what do you Not think? Crap. What do you think about <laughs> just for fun something like yeah. flesh sculpture to potentially yeah. let you surprise get like two or more copies of certain things? That's an interesting question. If the format trend trends towards something slower, something more control, like an arms race type situation, and you like the temple loss of playing a turn three do nothing isn't that big a deal i think it's reasonable i mean you know let's say there's a uh, board state and a deck you're facing against where arrest or not arrest devour is never going to do anything okay never th never going to do anything particularly relevant uh flesh sculpture can make arrest odoving you know what i mean yeah. it's not always going to sometimes <laughs> it makes the discharge shooter scout but uh, i mean look i think that this is more than a deck building challenge i think that this is a skill testing challenge this 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 gauntlet right because you do need to situationally handle everything that comes up and there's going to be more stuff coming at you than you face anywhere right even in arena yeah you're gonna have more bizarre situations coming up so i think that in the hands of somebody who's ready for that i think something like flesh sculpture giving you a fresh set of seven or whatever is uh potentially really powerful i mean that's why i think that telvani arcanist um Revealing the Unseen, College of Winterhold. I think these are really strong cards. Moment of Clarity, I think, is going to be an all-star in blue decks. Yeah, I mean, those were kind of what led me to ask the question, because in my head, from an intellectual standpoint, part of the skill in this format is going to be not only identifying like what you expect to see in terms of like some of the lesser-played cards, but also the whole... like. I know there's only one of them, so if I bait this specific card out, then I should be home free. Like, Lightning Bolt and Cornwall right. Burglar are the perfect example. If I can bait yeah. the Lightning Bolt before I play the Burglar against a blue intelligence-based deck, I'm probably safe to then play said Burglar. But yeah. any of those randomized cards, uh, be it Flesh Sculpture, be all the amazing you know intelligence options you listed, another one that came to mind was the... Uh, battle mage one where you get three 
uh, random oh, cards yeah. as well. Battle Mage is on. That card's gonna be great. That um, card's gonna be absolutely. That great. really throws it for a loop because now, like, it's just stuff that you can't plan for, and it's stuff that either might give you multiple copies of stuff you were running or access to additional things that weren't in your repertoire. So, um, yeah, I think I that... didn't. I didn't get a chance to do this earlier, but I wanted to give a shout out to DC Deacon Pete Hines. Thanks for showing up. Uh, we I love your game. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And if you ever want to be a guest, please let us know. <laughs> yeah, I might have to boot Justin off of the layout just to... Uh... Actually, I, would, I would boot myself off. No, no, no. You should definitely take me off. I'm not looking great today, actually. This is this is not my, uh, oh, I this is not my best look. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't looked good all week, and uh, everything is suffering as, as a result uh i yeah. i was really sad when i signed on to get started and i was kind of looking at things and i just happened to glance my uh uh my youtube subs my twitch followers and my twitch subs are all uh smaller than they were a week ago because i've taken this week oh, no. off for family stuff yeah people are are bailing but, but that's all I, right man it'll be fine next week when i get back to normal um for those of you who don't know it's been a very busy uh period my mom recently passed away uh, like this weekend in particular is kind of a hellish nightmare. Today is um, my uh, 10th wedding anniversary with my wife. We've now officially been married 10 years. We've been together for 17. I've been now officially with her more than I haven't been with her, right? It's like past the halfway period of my life. Um, but we go right from that to tomorrow is my mom's funeral slash memorial. Um, and then we have more family stuff on Sunday. But once I get out of this uh weekend content creation is hopefully coming back full force uh, i have a giant list of things that i'm working on um that'll probably start showing up early next week so uh, we're all we're all rooting for you man we're all here behind you and if you ever need anything you know you can re reach out to a lot of us and congratulations on your anniversary yeah no i mean it's um you know it, it's kind of rare that people marry their high school sweetheart and they're still yeah. together 10 years later so i got that under my belt it's probably what i'm you know second most committed to as opposed to the first most thing is this podcast which is why i'm here instead of with <laughs> my wife right now because priorities i have to tell everyone like i even sent charmer a message on twitter i was like hey man i know you got a lot going on today like we can do the podcast tomorrow he's like no man we're doing it tonight yeah no, i was no. like all right, dude. <laughs> yeah, no. Like last week, my mom, my mom passed away, and he, same thing. He's like, "Hey, man, do you, you, you do you need time? Do you?" I was like, "No, we're we're doing this. Like this, I look forward to this every week. Um, I Absolutely. love I love this game. I love this community. Uh, I love yeah. Justin. So, yeah, I love I, you, you know, speaking of which, for those of you who don't know, Justin's snagged himself quite the catch. He's engaged, and I keep poking him when he's yeah, gonna get married because I need to know in yeah. advance so I can plan to come out. It's going to be in May. In May? Yeah. Sandra is in her last year of college right now for her, under, for her undergrad. And if we get married right now, she loses her financial aid. <laughs> oh, fair. So, like, end yeah. of May, it sounds like? Yes. So, uh, so my birthday present to myself, because my birthday is May 25th, would be getting to come out and see Justin. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. That'd be cool, man. That'd be definitely cool. We could storm the... Uh, direwolf digital offices you know it's yeah. funny um a guy uh who follows me on twitter um 
who runs a travel blog was at saying, Hey, I I'm traveling through Denver. What, uh, what should I do in town? What, what are you doing? You want to hang out? And I was on my way home from work and I was like, well, I'm really busy, but like, if you want to come, I'll give you a tour of the office, you know, uh, and you can see what we do at, at the nonprofit I work at. He's like, awesome. So I came in, I showed him around and then afterwards he's like, what should I do next? And I was like, well, I can tell you how to get to the Tire Wolf Digital offices. <laughs> <laughs> and so he went down there and he got a picture with one of the guys and it worked out. But I have to admit, I felt a little bad about it afterwards. I was like, I don't think I should have done that. But fortunately it all worked out. Yeah. Yeah, you don't want to let you don't want to actually let me anywhere near there, or else I'll never leave. Like, I'll bring a cot. <laughs> it's a pretty cool place, man. They have this huge game room, like with like more board games than I've seen in my entire life. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. So I know that off uh, off of the air, if you will, you'd said that you were working on some assassin for Singleton. Um, yes. What are you know, what are some of the strategies that you expect to see? Even if it's not necessarily something that you're going to play, what would yeah. you expect to see this weekend? I expect to see Scout. I think that uh, a Scout deck can be powerful. I mean, because, like, there are enough, like, big endgame bombs, like, between the three dragons and um, the Night Talon, Blood Magic, uh, the new the new card of the month uh, guy... I think there are enough late game bombs that, like you can play a pretty traditional scout game. I honestly think I think you still run Solter even though it's a singleton format. I think you do as well. Uh, yeah. Um and I think you uh I think you, there are enough ramp options that aren't really played because there are so many ramp cards. You know, you run Brynwolf, which is basically a, a kind of a ramp card. You run um Histgrove, Treeminder, uh Tree uh, Tree Speaker, uh, all the stuff. And um yeah, I was counting the scout options, and if you if you count the new monthly reward yeah. card, uh, yeah, scout for like straight ramp stuff. I think still has five cards. So you've got yeah. Hisgrove, Treeminder, Hist Mage, uh, Elder Spine, which I call the Devil Dragon because he's a six cost right. six six, oh, yeah. and uh, then the new guy, right? So uh, oh, actually, mm -hmm. you you have another one in uh, Venom Tongue, right? So absolutely uh, venom tongue is still a potentially viable option there as well and then you take those and then you can combine it with uh slayer astrid and brynjolf and yep. um you've got a lot of potential ramp options still I, I, agree. I think that scout can do most of its normal game plan it'll be more traditional because other than the one copy of solitaire you can't do a lot of those like drain vitality shenanigans yeah. but right that's all right, though. I mean, you just run the usual package of guard creatures. You do a dark guardian. You may be looking to far room defender if if uh, the meta turns out to be more aggressive than we're postulating it will be. Um, and I think that you can run a pretty similar game plan to the old pre Solter Scout deck. Uh, Kaniac writes that Gortwog Grown Negrom could be interesting. Gortwog is an interesting choice. I mean, with diminished removal, I think Gortwog's quality improves, and in a slower meta, I think that Gortwog becomes better. Um, yeah. I've always loved Gortwog, and I need Gortwog to summon me three orcs so that I can <laughs> finally get your get mad a, title. Get a couple of titles, yeah. yeah. Um, Gortwog definitely be good, but I think this scout is going to be a lot of people's go-to choice. I think that it's the it's the class that a lot of people already have some of the big legendaries for, and I think that it would be a pretty reasonable choice. 
Yeah. Um, uh, Snafu in know. chat brings up an interesting uh, point, and it was something I was planning on topic, uh, talking about anyway, so let's go ahead and shift there. Uh, yeah. Snafu mentions that he believes Control Spell Sword might outperform Scout because of superior prophecy options and willpower and a similar mm -hmm. endgame. And that's one of the yeah. things that I wanted to talk about just in general is the like diminished presence of prophecy when you're only able to run one card you know prophecy options will obviously still exist but your consistency is going to go way down something like prophecy battle right. mage for example isn't going to be prophecy battle mage it'll be aggro battle mage that has some prophecy cards but yeah you know you're not going to have 30 prophecy cards in any decks so how does that affect things that's an interesting point um and it's part of the reason i th well I think that Control Spell Sword will be strong. Uh, the problem with Control Spell Sword is going to be, like, the sort of the traditional problem of any control deck, but I think exacerbated by the limited number of, like, really quality cheap cards you can run, is that it will be possible to defeat yourself with that deck. <laughs> yeah. Like, your draws can easily lose you the game. And I think that Control Spell Sword, to be successful, will need to curve out better than any other deck. Need to, is going to need to. That's one of the reasons I like the scout idea is because at least ramp helps uh, diminish the you know the potential damage your own deck can do to you, and because I think that the green early game options are going to be stronger than the uh, yellow early game options. To be honest with you, you know, in general, I think I would uh, agree with agility having a better uh, early game package. I think their two drops are overall more attractive. But in a format like this, you know, we were talking about, you know, those on-the-cusp cards that could see play but are usually just shuffled out because of better options. I start thinking of, you know, there are some Spell Sword cards that could fit that mold and could shine, like, uh, you know, Kavach, Soldier. You know, a 2-3 guard for 2 doesn't really seem super spectacular, but it could do some serious work in a format like this if you need it to. I, I agree. Kavash Soldier would be a uh, definite include, I think, in any deck running yellow, honestly, because the, the number of two drops is so limited. Um, and again, you mean you'd be looking at Far and Defender, and, uh, and and Pete's got a good point that Endurance has a lot of good uh, twos and threes. And they do. I mean, Dark Guardian, I think, is going to be a premier three drop, uh, just as it is in regular Constructed. Um and you can even, honestly, I would even put uh, Young Mammoth in my Control Spell Sword deck, you know, to trade with anything earlier. Um, I would run East March Crusader in my Control Spell Sword deck and just be prepared at every game to, if necessary, just trade my 4-2 into his early stuff without drawing a card. Yeah, that's entirely viable. Uh, one of the things Willpower does have going for it that Scout won't is even though Scout has some reasonable draw options in like uh, Thieves Guild Recruit and um, Eclipse Baroness and um, oh those are the big ones <laughs> <laughs> I think that you have as far as like underplayed but potentially very powerful cards go in in in, uh, in yellow you have access to the 2-2 for 3 Khajiit that has Pilfer draw a card which is a card I have tried to make work for over a year now. <laughs> right. You know, I wouldn't sleep. There are more agility options that exist uh, for drawing yeah. cards, right? I mean, you do have Shadow Shift and other things like that, but I of wouldn't... Course. Yeah, I Shadow wouldn't, Shift has been in every one that I've put together so far. I wouldn't sleep on Elder Gleam Matron because yep. with the, you know, 
smaller number of fire bolts running around, that card suddenly yeah. looks a lot more attractive. And I was already I a fan. You know what I mean? I agree. I mean, not just the fact that blue players only have one access to one firebolt. I think Cunning Ally will be really hard to trigger as well. Yeah, I think that's fair. When you don't get to run, like, multiples of the Intelligence package, um, right. Intelligence has a really good early game and a really good late game, but their, like, yeah. middle port is always where you right. use your second attribute to fill it in, and right. I don't think that they have enough necessarily to be the core in this yeah. format. This raises an interesting question, right? Like, how bad does, uh, <laughs> does that, uh, thief of dreams become <laughs> in a format where everybody's running the weirdest cards in the world uh you know it's bad but it's good because it gives you information about what's in their deck still that's one of the that's things true. i always loved about the design of that card because yeah, you know? it, it's only cards they already have yeah yeah somewhere somewhere <laughs> frostbite spider would is it going to be a great three drop i think frostbite spider is constructed playable already though Oh yeah, and Snafu makes another good point. I've been jamming uh, a Vicious Drag into every single deck I build. Oh, I think it's probably going to be mandatory. Um, yeah, There are just also, too many supports you just outright lose to automatically. I agree, and I think Journey to Sovereign Guard goes in every deck as well. I think I would agree with, with that. Yeah, um, it's funny that you mentioned the supports because I, I was already thinking of um, like a support-heavy... Uh, like mid-range crusader style so mm. one of the things that i i don't expect it to run around but one of the things i wanted to pick your brain about was the idea of a singleton fantastic fours or I uh, as i call I it the like four it. horsemen um, well i mean that works because so many of the i mean that deck runs like seven or eight unique legendaries if at when it's at its maximum right it runs like seven or eight unique legendaries on top of you and i routinely like argued over stuff to put in it because yeah. there wasn't enough room, and now we're That's forced true. to make room, right? Yeah, prepare for the Dramora Marquinez lethal. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I, I, I just, like that a lot. You know, I think about shoehorning in, like, one Unstoppable Rage, one Rothgar Forge. But the reason I mentioned supports, right, is when you think of the supports in Crusader, um, yeah. you know, you could do the one that makes tokens, um, one mm -hmm. Divine Fervor, a Mundus Stone, mm -hmm. um... Mm -hmm. A Rothgar Forge, like yeah. there's only one vicious drag in most people's decks, so pick your poison. You know what I mean? And I think you also you got in that deck you got to jam uh, Palmar. Oh uh, gosh, what is the card that tutors up a, a support card? It's seasonal oh, play. It got buffed uh, like, like six months Doggy ago. Doggy Rot Mystic. Doggy Rot Mystic. Yeah, Parmar Rot is the other one, but yeah, yeah. Doggy Rot Mystic. I'm sure I'm mispronouncing it horribly. Sorry, uh, yeah. lore heads i'm slaughtering there's a it. guy who comments on all my videos whenever i mispronounce anything and he is actually my favorite commenter <laughs> because i don't have any idea i've played all these games and i still like butcher the words yeah yeah i agree pete's got a good point crushing blow goes and i think every deck as well as it should be already <laughs> You know, there I'm was a kidding. time. No, there was a time when it was uh, a standard yeah. because there were so many cards that had yeah. three health that you had to deal I, with. And there was I, definitely a time when I think it was the best card in the game. <laughs> yeah, that time has passed. That time was when Moonlight Werebat was a four-three. <laughs> that is exactly what that time was. <laughs> How about Dragon Mound? Uh, I've 
tried a couple games with Dragon Mode, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, seems like it could be all right. Oh, I in mean, the, in this format, I think it's fantastic. You think so? I do. If you are just anywhere worry. close to even at the time yeah. you play it, like it's yeah. only bad if you're way behind on board state. If you're anywhere close to even, you can yeah. just attrition them out because I can almost guarantee that over time the value of your cards will just be better than theirs. I can see that. I can see that. Because what's the smallest dragon that you draw? Four four. Yeah, yeah. The green lethal or green slay right or uh, yeah. mystic dragon right. So there's two four right. fours. So like literally, you're just saying you know it's already at least turn six by the time I'm playing it, and you're just saying all right every turn from here on out you're getting yeah. at least a four four or better to deal with. Yeah. Uh, Snafu. I think that if if that's the case and that's what the meta is, right? All other things being equal, the deck with Journey to Sovngarde wins, right? Because like you spend your early game trading your best creature with their best creature, and uh, then you play Journey to Sovngarde and suddenly drawing creatures that are massive compared to your opponents. Yeah, and and uh, the other portion is that they are reducing cost, right? So any existing cards right. that were in your hand means you're now playing, you know, two threats to their one essentially for a few turns exactly exactly <clears throat> now all other things won't always be equal but i think that i would put my money in the deck with journey uh as you know a few percentage points stronger i think than the deck without it yeah there's there's a lot of cards that i think could be you know again we were kind of joking about it but like wabajack has the potential to just win a game yeah you know yeah, because you don't have to think, well, I don't want to use my Wabajack charge because my opponent's got X number of amazing threats, right? Because they have, you know, they, they have one of a bunch of, you know, random stuff. Yeah. I agree. Wabajack's quality improves. It also improves because of the diminished number of support removal cards. Yeah, I know. I mean, I, even I, if you run every support removal card possible, you're still not running the number of cards, support removal cards, the most decks are already running when only the optimal support removal cards. Yeah. Because there's just not enough out there. Like, even if you play, right. you know, like, Warrior right. or something, and you've got Priest, Drag, you know, Belligerent Giant, um, or yeah. if you're Spell Sword and with Edict, like, it's just not right. enough. Those are the only four, yeah. Uh, I you guess, can never... I was gonna say, I guess if you go Spell Sword, you can also Soul Tear your Priest. <laughs> You could. You could definitely do that. <laughs> Once. I do think Soul Tear goes in every deck that can run it, though. Um, yeah. I think it's the only shout that you continue to run. Uh, I think the rest of them are pretty marginal. But I think that Soul Tear is so unique in its ability that you just run it. Yeah. So, another interesting thought is, like... With only one copy available in your deck, do you think there's enough to still pull off Ultra Synergy? Like... I was thinking about that too. I, I've erred on the side of not running it because it's so random and like it's difficult to have a lot of creatures you want to sacrifice, right? Part of the reason that green is in every Ultra deck, right, is because of Ungolim and because of Last Gasp. And uh, you just don't have the quality of cards that you want to be sacrificing all the time. Sure. Um, <clears throat> similar question to before, but you know, I was kind of making the 
making the joke about running flesh sculpture, but Heroic yeah. Rebirth is actually, yeah. like, I think the more legit option to potentially run. Um, as much as I, like, dislike that card, yeah. that that is one that I could legitimately see being... Uh, I agree. Yeah, I can see that would be real strong. Because that one's, like, you don't have to give up your whole hand. It's, like, a more targeted thing. It's just, like, the yeah. one right. the subpar card that you want to ditch whenever you want to. It's not as much of a tempo loss. Because you're not, like, right. you know, I think everyone assumes you're playing those cards on curve. But, like, let's be honest. You're playing Heroic Rebirth, like, you know, turn eight when you're playing your five drop and you have nothing else to do with the rest of your three magic or whatever, right? So. Yeah, I agree. I agree. So let me ask you this, man. Let's say you had to hop in with a singleton deck right now to the gauntlet. What do you take? Just off the top of your head. Uh, if it was me, it would be mid-range Crusader. Okay, okay. Yeah, I just think that there's enough strong options for all the reasons I was kind of alluding to earlier, right? the That yeah. deck is one where you and I frequently say, like, it'd be really nice if I could just fit this into it. Of course, exactly. Um... You know, yeah. you get all of the unique legendaries still. You get all of the amazing, yeah. like, three drops. There's a lot of really good three drops in Crusader as well. Between, like, Dawnstar yeah. Healer, uh, the true. Shadowfoot. Um, I'm routinely cutting three drops from that deck as well. Four drops yeah. from that deck. Um, even Regini Highwayman, I think, goes in that deck now. I'm not, in, even, in... I'm not even sure there's room for it even in Singleton, Justin. <laughs> really? I'm dead serious. <laughs> Just because since... Since yeah. the last time you and I like really gave that deck a good like verbal back and forth like we did, we got more yeah. tools like Crusader's Assault, right? Like I think Crusader's That's Assault fair. is still what you run over the highwayman there. Um, but That's yeah, if, if it was me, like if I just had to throw something together right now, I think that I would take uh, mid-range Crusader. Do you run a copy of uh, Divine Favor in that deck? Uh, I would run one Divine Favor, yeah. Yeah. I can never remember what that card is called. That's fine. I got your back. That's why we're a team. Um, Good looking out. Yeah, no, I, I think that I definitely run one copy um, because I think that, again, there's just not going to be enough uh, support removal to make it as bad there. And yeah, um, I, I would also run one copy of uh, Roscar Forge for the same reason. That's getting yeah. near the top end. Like for me, I think that deck tops out. I would run one Vigilant Giant and that would be my top part but that's because i would also be running one unstoppable rage so yeah in my mind you have to run you know vigilant giant belligerent giant uh tier yeah. like you know your breakthrough options i agree i agree with that entirely do you put parthenax in every deck you build <laughs> uh no i would i wouldn't run it in the mid-range no. crusader one no i think that there's enough good like early stuff that you don't need to for that yeah i i, I started by putting it in every deck and then like realized well, first of all, I've been playing against regular decks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I haven't been testing with anyone else. I've just been taking the decks into casual and, and doing pretty well. But uh, um, Parthenax was just not not doing it for me. <laughs> yeah. That's fair. Oh. Um, so Pete asks a fantastic question uh, in, do you put Eerie in a Crusader deck? Uh, I think that there is the potential for an Eerie deck, but I don't think it goes in mid-range Crusader. I think that if you hmm. built, like, a Control Crusader, 
Uh, that could be a huge bomb, right? Like, here's my 1616, deal with it. <laughs> yeah. Like, I think that cr Control Crusader might have enough tools to also take a whack, and I would run potentially an Eerie in that, and definitely a Dramora Marky Mark uh, yeah. in that as well. Uh -huh. I, I'm, not, I'm not sure that there's enough big things, like, in the general mid-range version, because... There's still yes. going to be a lot of two, three, and four drops. Like that's the crux of that deck. Is it's just really right. strong, like good for trading for board position. Two, three, and four right. drops. You fight for I board like and that. snowball. Right. Yeah, I, I like to think of uh, Skaven Pyromancer as the poster child for that deck, right? Because like you win on the margins. Yeah. <laughs> and and that card is like one of the best examples of a card that lets you trade up in the game. Yeah. No, I think that you definitely trade. Yeah, Pizzo's Dramora is a twenty twenty live the dream. Uh, fun yeah. fact: uh, I lost to somebody playing uh, Dramora Marky Mark uh, on the Funky Bunch. Um, I played against a, I played against a Ramp Warrior who got the monthly reward card to become like the massive sixteen sixteen, and then on the turn yeah. he activated it, played the Dramora to make it a thirty two thirty two and swing for like full lethal not even giving nice. me a chance at prophecy and i was just like well i can't even be mad like all right yeah. you know I, I hate to bring this up all the time but i did kill a guy one time with a dramora marconaise infused uh 32 something mud crab <laughs> i mean that's I that. that's I a legitimate that. question um does mud crab go in every deck just because memes right like to me, my I mean, mud crab. I know mud crab's like the community poster child for one drops, yeah. but my personal mud yeah. crab is always Shadowmere. I I I, I put Shadowmere in a lot of my decks in the beginning. Um, I stopped doing it after a while. <laughs> I don't know. I think Shadowmere is actually a reasonable include in any of these decks. But uh, yeah. Um, Blizz exe wants to know why we're not filed under podcasts. Uh. I don't know how to answer his question, but he's been asking a lot of questions about this. Uh, legitimately because we have a very targeted topic. We're not uh, like a general podcast. We're very specific. And I find that our our audience isn't one of a general nature, but just for this game. We only really talk about this game and then uh, like trips to prison and my sorrow. So uh, yeah. we just we list it here. It's like 40% life lessons and 60% Elder Scrolls Legends. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, I would love to... <laughs> I would love to shoehorn Shadow Mirror into just every deck ever. Not even just for Singleton. Like, I'm always trying to yeah. put it in as, like, my own signature. And that's, that's an old callback to my Magic the Gathering days. I don't know if I told you this or not. I'm sure I have. But in every format that I was allowed to... Um, I always in my sideboard put one Might of the Oaks. Um, yeah, I it was it was that. like my my calling card because in the sideboard like you're not really like hindering your performance. But the idea was that anytime I did well enough that my my deck list got posted anywhere, I just wanted yeah. somebody to go. Why was he running Might of the Oaks? Right. Um, so I kind of want to do that like with Shadow Mirror. I just want like one card where people look at the list and they go, I, I get this list, but what's up with What's up with this? And there's no yeah. reason. No reason whatsoever. I like it. I like it. Shadowmere is, I mean, a, a strong enough card that you could probably get away with it. 
I killed a guy last week with the top deck 4-4 with charge Shadowmere. It was very satisfying. <laughs> Sounds satisfying. I'm right there with you, man. <laughs> Actually, that was when I was playing an all-neutral deck, now that I think about it. Uh, Kaniaki, I think Barbus is a pretty good choice, too. Uh, I think that Barbus is sort of underpowered in every form, um, but I think that it's flexible enough, and the power... I'm guessing the power level of the format will be just slightly lower than usual, that Barbus is going to be a pretty good card. So, Snafu asks if there's an effective way to build uh, a face or aggro deck in Singleton. Um, I think yes. <laughs> I just think that it's not going to be, like, the traditional one that you would think. If you... If you take, like, half of Prophecy Battle Mage and half of Time to Fight and then just throw in yeah. some of the other fringe cards, um, there's yeah. probably enough aggression still in Battle Mage in general that you can just say, yeah. alright, everyone else is playing mid-range, I'll try to go underneath them and make yeah. it work. I think Gladiator's Arena is an all-star in that deck. Yeah. I mean, it's a way to close out games, and you don't mind so much that it costs four instead of three like it used to. Um, I think that you want to look at running a few more items than usual and you want to look at the two red guard red creatures that care about being equipped with items I think those cards are always been on the cusp of playability see that's and, interesting uh, I would have went with uh, I would have said to me more uh, like card draw options or more long term value like I think Corsair ship is a, a good choice yeah I, I do think I think Corsair ship goes in the deck too. You run all the charge creatures. I think you run the six three that removes guard from a creature. Dread Clan Fear is going in your your aggro singleton battle mage. I, I think you curve out with Dread Clan Fear absolutely. Wow. Because I mean, here's the thing: that deck without the removal options or the ability to get through guards, without, without being as fast as it usually is, is going to have to answer some guards, right? Yeah, I just still think, I think that I, I legitimately feel like there's still enough options even without it. Um, maybe. Yeah, Earthbone Spinner, Bone Bow, uh, Shield Breaker. Of course, you definitely run those. Yep, you run those three for sure. Um, uh, I think that you... I think um, Markarth Bannerman is an auto-include. Even in an aggressive deck. Just because it's so much harder to answer. Intimidate? No, I would not run Intimidate. Intimidate's not going to kill anybody. <laughs> Dread Clan Fear might. <laughs> I mean, I said might, right? But, like, uh, I would not run Intimidate. I can see Intimidate actually being situationally, like, the best card in the deck, but I would not, not run that card. Seeing a lot of people ask about Munda Stone, um, I, th I expect to see a lot of it. Yeah, uh, I do too. Unfortunately, like it's yeah. going to be a thing, whether or not it's yeah. good. Like even if I legitimately say right now, like, yeah, I don't know if it's going to be like quite good enough. Doesn't matter. You should expect to see Munda Stone. Absolutely, it's going to be played. I'm not going to play it because here's the thing: Munda Stone can be really, really powerful. What Munda Stone does for me is give my one ones breakthrough. And uh, my <laughs> and uh, my one ones charge, and every other creature I have regenerate. 
Yeah. Uh, the only reason I'm not higher on it is I expect... Um, I expect to see a lot of mid-range style decks, and what I think that the other support options do, like Divine Fervor or even like Rothgar Forge, is they give you a more immediate value, like, right after you, you, you take the tempo loss. So, like, Divine Fervor, if you have presence on the board, might even not be uh, negative at all, right? Like, right. if you've got two or three things up. on the board and it lets you trade up or, like, make value trades, then you, you got your value already. Um, Rothgar Forge, you're probably taking, you know, some negative tempo, but if you get, you know, a quality item uh, the next turn, you've already got at least yeah. some of that back, right? But with Mundestone, yeah. uh, you know, unless you're getting, like, Charge as the next one, and there's right. no way to guarantee that. Um, I mean, it happens for my opponent. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't happen. I just, I think that the potential... <laughs> to get like the return yeah. on your investment is lower than yeah. the other options. I agree. I agree. I'm not huge on Mundestone. I think Mundestone was the only time I think like Mundestone was a reasonable include and constructed was when Histgrove worked the way it used to. Yeah. Uh, even, even then I think it was not a great choice, but I definitely think it was at its best then. I don't think Mundestone's a particularly good card. I also thought it was uh, okay during like the early parts of the game's history when everything was like mid-range archer and control mage because I felt like it could break control mage mirror sometime. Um, I agree with that. If you guys don't remember what it was like playing like a year ago, there was a yeah. time when it was uh, like action assassin, uh, mid-range yeah. archer, and control mage. And those, yeah. those were like the decks. And Control Mage wasn't running any ways realistically to deal with supports because nobody else was playing supports. Right. Um, and so sometimes every now and then like a sneaky Mundestone would work its way into Control Mage and it would help you break the mirror. Um, right. I will say though, that was that that's back when I was playing, when I finished Top 10 Legend. And I did that entirely with Scout. <laughs> yeah. pre Grove. Yep. But yeah, I mean, people were just not... The, 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 the caliber of games you were facing were... I mean, there not were... The, not right now. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there was a lot of reasons for stuff like that. Not only was the card yeah. pool smaller, um, there were a lot of over-tuned yeah. cards at the time, but uh, yeah. and I legitimately feel like this was a big part of it. Uh, the overall player base, like, as a whole just was not where it is today in terms of collection so I totally agree. most I totally people agree. like they built their deck <laughs> and then they played their deck so like if you built control mage yeah. like you were playing control mage and so that's why yeah. there was much less ladder diversity not because there wasn't a desire not because things weren't viable i remember yeah like day one when i started playing at the time i said i really want to get the stuff to build mid-range sorcerer i feel like a ward centric deck would be really strong um, yeah, and f like three or four months later, it was the best deck by far. But just yeah. nobody had the collections, right? Like you couldn't shift or pivot right. and just play something new. 
we uh i remember when the original team prophecy was a thing that was an archer became like the first big deck to beat in open beta like we we spent like a month trying to brew up a because like you know the natural idea is well this deck wins by pinging stuff and like blah 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 so like let's build a deck full of ward creatures we probably spent a month like testing out different war, uh sorcerer builds as a group trying to find one that just consistently beat archer and then we ended up with one that did pretty well and proceeded to be unable to beat anything else <laughs> Yeah. Well, it's just, like I said, it was a combination. Uh, control Mage was still way over-tuned at the time. And, yeah, we lost every Control Mage match we came up against. And uh, Archer was still probably 50-50 because that, the Archer at the time ran the pre-nerf Burn and Pillage. So all they had to right. do was like ping your wards and then Burn and Pillage wiped your entire board. Not to mention uh, Solrest Marshall into Solrest Marshall into Triumph at Yarl. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about the turn four with the ring. You auto lose because my opponent just played his right. entire hand. Yeah, it was fun. Good times. Oh, hey Romanesque, how you doing, man? He, he says news from Reddit: Unstoppable Rage is uninteractive because you are forced to play around it. I don't know about uninteractive, but it is unstoppable. <laughs> yeah, I remember seeing that thread. Um, like, I don't, I don't want to like. Oh, over talk about things <laughs> or call anybody it, out or go whatever but like i will say this one of the things that came from that and i just feel like it's a good topic to talk about in general was the idea that uh cards can be oppressive because they force you to play suboptimally right so it's uh, not necessarily that a card is <laughs> overpowered it's just that it's oppressive and i I always laugh whenever I see things like that. Like the phrase playing suboptimally, um, if it's ever used in any context other than I made a play mistake, uh, always baffles my mind, right? Because yeah. it might not be the fastest way to play, but it's not suboptimal if it was the right play, right? Like those two, those two yeah. statements, those two ideas don't like go hand in hand. Um, the best example I can give is like if I've got a handful of creatures and it's turn five and I know my opponent might have an ice storm, it's not suboptimal to not play those creatures, even if I'm playing an aggressive deck, right? Like it's not the fastest path to victory, but saying yeah. that it's forcing me to play suboptimally uh, is wrong because like that's the whole point of a card game. Like you feel out your opponent, you expect things. Uh, sometimes the right play is to do nothing or to do something that is not your traditional path. Um, so it's not suboptimal if it's the best play. Uh, right. That phrase, like, you know, doesn't go hand in hand with me. And so, like, one of the complaints about Unstoppable Rage often is that people say, like, well, you know, I can't fill a lane because then they'll one one turn kill me, but I can't play nothing because then I can't kill them. Um, yeah. And so it's forcing me to play suboptimal. And it's not the case. It's just knowing... Like, don't flood the shadow lane. Um, right. Don't give them... Uh, don't break runes if you can't respond to a creature coming out. Because, like, the two yeah. biggest play mistakes that I see with Rage is you either flood the shadow lane, and then my opponent plays yeah. something there, or you can't trade with it, right? Field lane is important when you're playing against Rage, so that you can trade right. into anything they play. And then you don't break yeah. runes, because it's a backbreaking if uh, somebody gets, like, a Moonlight Werebat, and now you're out of Magicka, you have no way to kill it, and then they use that to rage. Um, yeah. I agree. So, yeah, that's my long rant, but the the Too Long Didn't Read or Too Long Didn't Listen version is, 
Uh, it's not a suboptimal play if it was the right play like that. A Stoppable Rage is a card that I've completely turned around on. I hated that card when it first came out. And even today, I would not want every... every if every deck I played against was running Unstoppable Rage, I would be upset. But I'd be upset about any deck that I play over and over and over again. Uh, Unstoppable Rage is just a really powerful effect, and I'm glad it exists. That's yeah. my conclusion. I mean, it's. I think that uh, it's okay to have an emotional response to losing sometimes. I think that it's more important to have decks that are fun to win and lose with and against than it is necessarily to have uh, super interesting effects sometimes. Like, you know, I think that there are things that would be interesting for certain people to play that are bad for the game that should not be printed, right? I used yeah. to think Unstoppable Rage is one of those cards, and I've kind of come around on it. So. Yeah, you know, that's I... My, that's my thoughts. Yeah, you know, I've, I've said it a million times, and I'll say it till I'm blue in the face. Uh, my biggest complaint about Unstoppable Rage is that the, there are not more cards like it. Uh, it's a card that promotes deck-building synergy. It's a card that uh, rewards you for playing creatures, you know, to the field. Like, there's not a lot of removal spells that do that. Um, it rewards you for uh, knowing how to play the card, both, like, when you play Rage and when you play against Rage. It's a very skill-rewarding yeah. card, and that's one of the things that people always say, or at least what I often hear about card games, is that they want your skill to be rewarded, they don't want it to be about randomness, and I think that Rage is a poster child for that. If you play correctly around Rage, you're fine, and if you make a mistake, you're punished. Um, it's just that Rage, and I, I think this is why it induces Rage, uh, Rage just punishes you harder than other cards that already kind of do the same thing, right? Um, you know, you can you can make a play mistake, load up a lane, and like somebody blows you up with Dawn's Wrath. Um, the only difference between like the Dawn's Wrath and the Rage is that Rage makes you feel like you lost the game right now, and Dawn's Wrath Dawn's Wrath means I really lose the game in three turns when I realize that I can't come back and yeah. I concede anyway. It's just right. the flashiness is literally the only difference. Yeah. I mean, there's a few small differences, right? Like, your opponent gains 30 life, and you lose 30 life when they cast Rage. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's it's certainly a powerful effect that's punishing, but it's punishing, you know, like I said, it's it's punishing for a play mistake, and it just, it it does so more than other cards than ex that, that, you know, like it exists, but I yeah. just feel like, from a design perspective, it I think it's really well done, and I'd like to see more cards like it. Yeah, I agree. That's where I'm at. <laughs> so uh i actually have to get up pretty early in the morning so we should take some questions now from the audience i apologize about this but i have to get to the office in the morning well i mean i've got a, a funeral slash memorial service tomorrow so i, I understand but you're like a hyper vigilant warrior and <laughs> even though we're like basically the same age i'm an old man <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. Does it does it hurt you inside when like you do those things and then you also remember that I'm like two hours later than you already because of time zones? It does. I think, I think about that every, every Friday. I'm like, Damn, how does he do this? Oh, a lot of coffee. To be to be fair, to be fair. <laughs> I suck. <laughs> no, it's, it's not that. I always say, whenever anybody asks me, like, Charmer, like, you work, 
like three jobs you stream you have a wife and kids like how do you do it and my answer is almost always i have a wife and kids <laughs> like i have a four-year-old and a one and a half yeah. year old i stopped sleeping a long time ago so yeah um you know, I did the Dale Carnegie like class for professional development for one of my jobs a few years ago. And one of the yeah. things they said is like, if you have insomnia, don't let the insomnia stress you out. Like, just don't worry about it. Get up and do something. And that's that's what I do. So all the time that I would yeah. have been awake, I just turn into more projects. That's fair, man. You're you're a badass. <laughs> I'm just. I feel like I. Ex I feel like I expended a lot of my like my potential badassery like surviving my twenties, right? Yeah. Like, there's a lot of situations I should, probably should have died. I didn't. Here I am. But like now at this point, like I, I just don't risk it anymore. <laughs> I mean, that's that's fair. I gotta take care of myself. I made it past twenty-seven, and I was shocked, and it was time to. We're be an all adult. very very glad you made it past twenty-seven. I am too. You know, I went to what did I do when I was twenty-seven. I got sober when I was twenty-seven, so that's what I did. <laughs> so yeah, we'll do the. Uh, you know, we've been pretty interactive already, but we'll do the official interactive uh, portion yeah. of the podcast. We'll open it up to uh, questions, and one of the things that I would also like to pose as a question to the audience is, you know, if if Legends had done something for the Halloween like theme like so many other games do you know a would you have liked them doing that and b what would you have liked to have seen them do oh my god i just had an amazing idea for a video <laughs> <laughs> i know what i'm recording on halloween <laughs> oh i can't wait i'm going trick-or-treating <laughs> i don't i don't know why you didn't think of that sooner I, it, if it's not orc goes trick-or-treating then you have let us all down like bro that's exactly what it is <laughs> Except for oh instead god. of saying trick or treat when you get to people's door, you need to say like burn and pillage or something. Oh god, yes. Alright. <laughs> or like just, just voice lines from the game or something in general, you know what I mean? Get ready for that. I gotta go to a neighborhood where there are people who give out candy. I don't think I live in one of those kinds of neighborhoods. <laughs> like, if I had the stuff for it, I would totally dress up, dress up like a Nord Firebrand and just run around like to children saying time to fight. Oh my god. You could become one of my clients. <laughs> <laughs> In 8 to 15, I'll see you in my office. <laughs> oh. uh, sibling says that he would have liked to have seen a weird chaos arena for Halloween. Yeah, that would have been cool. Oh, Faz's God, I like that. Pastry chef turning creatures into pumpkins. Oh, that would be amazing for a day. They could that would do be something amazing. like that for Thanksgiving and like turn them into turkeys. They could, they could. Or they... Well, no, I... <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was gonna make a bad joke. Never mind. <laughs> yep, that's a good idea. <laughs> I feel like, yeah. Anyway, um, Thanksgiving's a fun one, actually. Did you? Uh, does your family get together for Thanksgiving? Uh, it's like the only holiday. It's like the only holiday my family celebrates. Some sometimes it kind of depends. Um, you know, on my side of the family, both of my parents have been disabled for some time, so a lot of times yeah. it was like, you know, can we convince them to come over? Like every year, it was always the same. Like we'll come get you, we'll do all the work, and like sometimes they were more amenable to that than others. Um, you know, people yeah. 
people that have a disability and kind of live in constant pain, I like I completely empathize with them and I can understand why they just some years didn't want to do it. Um, yeah, it makes so sense. It, it kind of depended. <laughs> Peter writes, I think they should work on new content and cards and get those out in November and not get distracted by Halloween. I totally I totally am on board with that. I'm definitely on board with that. Yeah, I mean I I can't disagree. <laughs> yeah. Um I And I'm super excited by that idea. Yeah, I mean like that that idea also excites me. Yeah. Um but, but that's just him. <laughs> That might be yeah. the best comment anybody's made on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't even know how to follow that up. Like, I was racking my brain. Yeah. Like, I got some snarky things to say, but at that point, yeah. like, that's a mic drop. You know what I mean? Right. I, I could tell some more stories about my childhood, but I think this tops them all. <laughs> oh, my gosh. For real, though. Uh, Hocus Crocus just just gave our bromance the official name. We are Charson. Oh, my God. Hell, yeah. Yeah. Charson Reaper. <laughs> oh my god, is this the Charson breeding pit? <laughs> oh. Oh shit. Oh, the cat's back in action. Well, yeah, it's a breeding pit. We summoned it. There you go. I like that. You know what? Charis breeding pit actually is a card I, I tried in a couple decks for a singleton arena. Because I was like, there's so much value in this card. <laughs> Needless to say, against uh other like regular constructed decks which is what i've been testing against it did not perform yeah i mean i imagine that it, it probably didn't do too well you know that's actually the, my favorite costume and character i ever did on the channel was when uh i did the and uh, you talked about the reveal for that card and i dressed up as the guy from uh what's that movie <laughs> battlefield uh Oh my god, Starship Troopers. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I asked if, kept saying, do you want to know more? <laughs> yeah, I'm doing my part. Yeah, I love that one. Yeah, exactly. You know, I had a lot and, of fun. Uh, go ahead. I was going to say, I had a lot of fun when you were messaging me about that, because I love Starship Troopers, and it just was very yeah, nostalgic yeah. for me. I was at work when I had that idea, and I was like, I gotta tell Charmer. <laughs> <laughs> that was fun. The orc rat video is the best Larson vid ever. Are you serious? I can't even watch that. Like I, I don't understand. I, I don't know. I think it's pretty terrible. <laughs> That's part of the reason that it's so enjoyable, though. You know, it's the. Is it? Yeah. It's, oh my it's god. It's the campy appeal. Like I, I feel like we didn't make it work like bad enough. Like it looks like we're trying really hard, <laughs> which we were, but we wanted to convey that we were like being sarcastic. It's you know layers on layers yeah. of deception <laughs> you know you mentioned uh card reveals and i gotta say that one of the things that i really enjoyed about the last round that i'm kind of looking forward to doing again um yeah was like i did that teaser piece where i wrote something and oh, I, loved that. I, that was great. I got a lot of like positive feedback about that and yeah i kind of want to do it again like i really i'm kind of oh, cool. kind of getting jacked for that I like that. Orkception, yeah. Orcs are like onions. <laughs> We're not getting any interaction here today. Where are the questions? I mean, I mean we are. It's just, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of questions. Well, again, like, we got that mic drops, and, like, now I can't even, I don't even know That's true. what to do. 
other than be That's excited true. about potential. I'm, ex stuff. I'm excited to do a reveal video. I'd love the opportunity to dress as something new. There will be Halloween costume video that will be happening for the channel. Um, and uh, once my schedule gets settled a little bit, we'll be back to videos four or five times a week. Be excited works. Yeah, I, I can be excited. Yeah, I'm excited too. I'm ready for something. So I mean, my favorite, my favorite time to play the game is when like I, I can hop on a ladder with a different new deck, you know, every game. And so after an expansion comes out, like that's the best time to play, in my opinion. I, I mean, yeah, it's always the best time to play when you get fresh new things to uh, play with. Yeah, not, you know what I think makes that the most enjoyable for me is not just like the fun that I have trying out new things. But legitimately, yeah. that's the times that I enjoy losing the most. I was which, just about to say that, man. Because like, it gives you those new ideas. Well, I was going to say, for me, that, that means a lot. Because I've said it before and I'll say it again. I hate yeah. losing more than I like winning. It is not ever enjoyable <laughs> to me. Um, yeah. But that being yeah. said, like like seeing what other people are doing and like getting that cool like inspiring you know oh that was like nifty what could i do with something like that like i just i'm really excited yeah i agree yeah opening packs that's always uh fun as well yeah kaniac says he opening likes opening packs pack. is great. Yeah. opening packs is great why did you change the wall color again blue and orange for the win um, so, we, fun, fun story, uh, as we talk about my 10th wedding anniversary, uh, legitimately this is what happened. Um, one time, on stream, uh, my wife mm -hmm. was hanging out in chat and somebody said, you know, I like your YouTube content, but, uh, it's hard to watch because your wall color is distracting, it's unpleasing to the eye. So, like, one person says something. That weekend she painted my office. Damn. <clears throat> Never painted the walls of anything. Well, that's yeah. not true. Actually, when I was in high school, I got uh, <laughs> some friends of mine and I got some markers and wrote all over my walls. It took yeah. about three days. I could peel back the layer. <laughs> I could pull this webcam off and I could pan. So another fun secret is that right now my office is only half painted because she did it knee jerk. Yeah. And I was like, we're not we're not pulling everything out to do it. So the wall that yeah. I stare at is still orange and blue. Like if I were to take my camera and turn, you would see <laughs> oh, where wow. like like wow. the gray stops and it goes back to orange and blue. Because I was just like, look, That's I understand cool. that like you knee jerk reacted and got upset or whatever, and you do you, but yeah, yeah. Sandra just puts up her paintings behind me. Like we used to have drawings of hers back there, and then she switched it to these paintings of hers. Um, fun fact, in one video, we put up a, the, a sign behind us that said resist, just to see if anybody would say anything to us. Nobody had anything to say about it. A little disappointed by the lack of response uh, to that. But if you go through the videos, there are sometimes different weird things behind me. Yeah, I typically have a whiteboard, like, right here. Um, and people would ask me all the time what I had written on it, but I just haven't hung it back up post-paint, uh, because yeah. I still have more, like, to do once I finish painting the rest, I'll hang it back up, but... Yeah. Right on. That's so, cool. yeah, testing singleton decks in casual or on the ladder is not the most fun experience in the world. But, like, I have won more games than I thought I would. 
it's a uh, I feel like you know it's sort of like how I when I'm testing new decks like I frequently test them against the expert AI and if I can't beat the expert AI it's like well I'm not gonna bother taking this onto the ladder um, when I'm testing uh, the singleton decks or gauntlet decks or weird meme decks in casual and I win games I'm like well this should definitely do well in <laughs> wherever I'm actually taking it <laughs> yeah where we're all on the same playing field Yeah, I I can't imagine that testing singleton decks is like particularly fun, but uh, I, I don't know. I guess for me, maybe the AI is the right place to do it, I guess. I was going to say for me, one of the things that digital card games uh, don't really let you do that I remember doing a lot when I was playing Magic more competitively was like what I call the fishbowl, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah you would uh you know play out your hands against like the imaginary opponent just to make sure that like your curve was fine your land were fine you weren't getting you know mana host yeah. mana screwed too often etc cetera, etc cetera. so right i mean i i i even when i was playing magic in prison on cards cut out of cardboard i did the thing where i shuffled up my 60 cards drew seven cards drew a couple more played some lands by myself <laughs> and then shuffled it up and did it again <laughs> yeah yeah no i mean that's kind of what i mean by the fishbowl right like i would usually yeah. i think play through uh like turn five or seven ish yeah. right just to make sure that things were kind of going the way right. i would expect um see how quickly i can get so, my storm kill to go off <laughs> yeah, yeah hey as somebody who like i loved playing dragon storm and standard man i'm right there with yeah you. i remember the first time i beat somebody with uh in like a vintage storm deck <laughs> in prison they were not amused <laughs> not yeah. am not amused at all no i can imagine not <clears throat> i i remember the first time um I was playing like commander uh it was at a new venue too so it was like all people i'd never played with before and yeah i i got some like combo offer it was like i can like draw infinite cards do infinite damage um i think it started with uh mind over matter and arcanus the omnipotent for like i can draw my entire deck and then that just <laughs> segued from yeah. there Absolutely. I remember, like, I put it, I put uh, Arcanus on the board, and then like they didn't answer it. So the next turn, I played Mind Over Matter, and I just said the words, "Do you wish to continue?" And they were like, "What do you mean?" And I was like, "Well, I just won." <laughs> and they, they like, they had no idea. So I started going through the motions, and like with every card yeah. and every like action I did, like you could just see them get more and more disheartened. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I agree. That's funny. All right, so yeah, I don't, I don't know if you guys know this. Charmer actually doesn't sleep. He has an IV drip of coffee. Pretty much. That he just lives on. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Let's let's do like a last call for questions. Come on, guys. Yeah, let's rock and roll. I know Anything you want. It can have to do with legends. It can have to do with our personal lives. As things not related to either one. Whatever you want to ask. It's the interactive and fun podcast. <laughs> yeah. If, if you guys uh, don't know, I am completely an open book. I will answer any question like ever yeah. I'll answer anything except like where exactly do you work because I'm not going to say <laughs> I mean I don't even have a problem answering that because where I work there's a lot of security so yeah uh, hooray questions Shunara comes in with uh, what do you think about a card that is blue it's an action would cost 7 and says activate the effect of the last action you played but twice 
Um, I feel like even at seven, that is probably too strong. Uh, yeah. Like for me, the standard barrier immediately because you're putting it in blue, or even if it's not in blue, uh, because it's not a class specific card, you have to say what happens if the last card I played was Lightning Bolt. So right there, you're saying um, for seven, uh, I can also play it with Lightning Bolt in the same turn, which means that I have the potential to burst for 12 at 11 mm -hmm. Magicka, right? So mm -hmm. you have to say to yourself, am I okay with a scenario where on turn 10 with the ring, my opponent can do 12 to my face with me having no way to interact? And I don't know I feel comfortable with that, so... Yeah, I don't even know how to balance a card like that. I feel like the problem with a card like that would be that you would be forced to consider it when printing new actions for the remainder of time. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay with, like, copy the last action, but I think copying it twice is a little rough. Um, I think copy the last action gives you some wiggle room. Like, yeah, you have to consider it when you're creating new stuff, but uh, if it's just, like, a one-off, it's, it's, I think, better to handle. Uh, Hocus yeah, Crocus asks if I will have uh, their babies. I can't, unfortunately. After I had my last baby, my tubes were tied. Um, oh. So I can so adopt your children, but I, I cannot bear them any longer. My seahorse days are over. <laughs> What's up, 9 by 19 Zombie Hunter? Uh, we will not start the podcast over, but you're welcome to listen to it on all sorts of platforms like YouTube and... Uh, uh, you should know where our Charmer. podcast is. <laughs> iTunes, Bro, I, have no, Play, I have no Stitcher. idea. I have no idea this works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what did I think this discovered the other day that I, it was really obvious? I I asked um. Uh, I asked Sandra what some uh, some meme term was. Uh, I, I was like, "Hey, Sandra, what's an edge lord?" Because <laughs> oh. I read it on the internet, and I was like, "This doesn't make any sense to me." And uh, <laughs> she was like, "Oh, Justin." And we had a fun little adventure googling a bunch of uh, really, <laughs> I, really angry stuff. I forget sometimes that, like, for living such a haggard life, you're sometimes super sheltered about things, and I think it's adorable. Really, yeah. Wish, really wish that we got to hang out more because I would probably laugh. <laughs> all the time i didn't have a computer till i got out man like i didn't know shit uh speaking of uh <laughs> fun things like edgelords uh kawaii left shark who every time i see that name i i say it i, I love that name uh um, yeah asks favorite meme of all time hmm favorite meme of all time well last week i think on the show i read the entire story of darth plagius the wise <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah, that one's pretty solid. Yeah. Um, I think for me it's gotta be like the what time is it meme that I know started with Overwatch and like McCree and you know what time is it it's high noon, but for me I yeah. immediately adopted that into, you know, what time is it it's time to fight. And uh, uh so I've got, you know, some personal nostalgia there. Fair enough. Favorite meme? That is really hard. I I, love I I like I like the ones that are like five minutes into whatever, and he gives you this look, right? Like I saw a really funny one where it was a Cylon, and it was like five minutes into Battlestar Galactica and chill, and he gives you this look, and I was like, that's pretty clever. Yeah, 
I I really enjoy the recent slew of uh, ones based on it, but I also really love the Kermit like talking to your dark side. Yeah. Oh, there's also a picture of a cat in a business suit reading a newspaper, and it always has a uh, funny. I'll let me find it real quick. I can post links in chat. <laughs> So, following up on the action question, uh, somebody asks, what if that was unique? Maybe if it was unique, but I mean, I think that doing it twice is still probably too strong of an effect. Um, because again, like, if you play, <laughs> I'm just, just throwing this out here, right? But like, if you played uh, Chorus Breeding Pit, or something silly that we haven't seen printed yet. Yeah. Like, I don't know. Like, it could be really, really strong. I'd play it with uh, Skeever Infestation. Yeah. Skeever Infestation would still be bad, but, like, <laughs> that's, where I would, that's where my mind goes. Yeah. Hey, thanks, Pete. Thanks for stopping by. I really appreciate it. You have a great weekend. We love you, Pete. Yeah, I think that, I mean, the real answer is Justin hit the nail on the head. It's just the fact that you have to consider it for all future design space is the biggest problem. And twice is a big bar for testing. You know, copy once, Yeah. I, I can live with that, because that can be tuned up or tuned down pretty easily. But copy twice, and then you immediately yeah. have to start thinking about, like, you know, even simple things. Like, can this, like really break the game like even something silly like not even lightning bolt but like thievery right like yeah thievery is like you know 10 to do nine and gain nine i was just thinking <laughs> that i um i need to include skeever infestation in one of these singleton decks <laughs> uh you mispronounced in every one of these decks i i'm glad we're on the same page here Um, um, all right, so catching up on the questions, uh, we have uh, uh, Pickle, or Pycole, either way I'm probably slaughtering it, my apologies, uh, asks, what about new High Elves with illusion-like effects? For example, swap the attack in defense of a creature, or sacrifice a creature to make an enemy creature attack any other creature. Um, I, I like the idea of uh, the second effect, like making creatures fight each other. I agree. Um, you know, I think that uh, Duel Atop the Worlds unfortunately gets crowded out by uh, Rage. I think somebody else said that in chat as well earlier. Um, I would like to see more effects like that, and uh, the idea of like using an illusion to force things to fight each other could be fun. I agree. I like that a lot, actually. I think that's a cool idea, having enemy creatures fight. I think, you know, uh, costing it appropriately, maybe six... I can see it cost an effect like that costing six, but I think that's real neat. <clears throat> I already know the answer to this. Uh, it's the same for you as it is for me. But thrice mice, also a fantastic name, uh, asked, yeah. "What character yet to be in Legends would you like to see most? Any ideas yeah. on the color and their ability?" Yeah, Myek the liar. Myek the liar. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, I agree. And who knows, Mike is all colors. <laughs> yeah, I think that uh, I did a version of him for one of my episodes of The Forge, and he was like a neutral 2-2 two, two for 2. Um, yeah. And then you would draw a card, 
like it would reveal a card in your deck and then you would draw a card and that was very specific because it was like the one of the things about Mayik is that uh he lies but there's always truth in his lies right so i was trying to think yeah. of a mechanic that like could be truthful uh but also could be a lie so if you revealed a card in my deck and then drew a card my opponent doesn't know like did i just draw the card that was revealed uh did he draw something else um yeah you know Oh man, Hocus Crocus has the question of the season actually. Wants to know if peppermint and pumpkin spice is the real fall flavor. Look, I am so, so goddamn tired of pumpkin spice flavors. <laughs> like, I need, like, peppermint, oh my god. Peppermint is superior in every conceivable way. There you go. Bam. We're just gonna move on actually. I don't even need Charmer's opinion on this because peppermint is clearly superior. <laughs> Snafu asks, is there ever going to be a world where Thalmor Embassy is playable? Yeah, in a world where we have sideboards and action decks become king. <laughs> I was actually going to say in a world where we get a bunch of um, expensive late game bomb high elves. It's, yeah, I agree. it's the blue ramp card if there's stuff worth ramping into. Yeah. That, I mean, like, it could be playable there, too. Um... I want to cycle back real quick and just say... Yeah, uh, I probably missed something. I was so excited about Peppermint. <laughs> no, I was cycling back specifically to say Peppermint is 100% superior to the pumpkin okay. flavor. Yeah. In every way. Every single way. Peppermint mochas are better than pumpkin spice lattes. Yeah, I agree. I don't even know why, like... Like, I like pumpkin pie. Like, don't get me wrong. I'll have it for Thanksgiving or whatever. But I don't know why that became the official thing yeah. for autumn. When clearly, know, clearly the official, like, taste of autumn <clears throat> is Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. Because you buy no. them to hand them out for no. Halloween candy. But you buy them early and then just eat them all yourself. You buy them early, bro. The best time to buy Halloween candy is November 1st. <laughs> fuck the kids <laughs> that's for you <laughs> well here's the thing though you buy them october 1st because you say i'm getting ready for halloween but then you eat them yeah. so then you buy more for halloween and then you eat your leftovers but then you buy them on november 1st because it's too good a deal to pass up so that's <laughs> yeah, why that's reese's peanut butter cups are the official taste of fall <laughs> yeah, um, and reese's peanut butter eggs are the official taste of spring I agree with that. For reason. some reason, those are better. For they, some reason, those the are better. The ratio is like just different, but I also agree. Yeah. I love the eggs. Yeah, me too. Man, I'm we're dumb, dude. <laughs> uh, how do you feel about effects that discard cards from your opponent's hand or deck? That's Picol de Zuzu. P.S. My name name means Chayote Popsicle. You can call me that. Okay. Um... I totally do not like the idea of discarding cards from my opponent's hand. Discarding cards from their deck, I'm okay with. Uh, yeah, I'm in the same boat. Um, specifically because, you know, we're we're in a game that's not like Magic the Gathering. We don't have counter spells. We don't have ways to answer that. And it's going to be an unfun mechanic, regardless, like, of how it's balanced. You will find people that will complain and say, um... You know, I'm losing games solely because, like, my opponent played this, got rid of my best card, and I had no way to stop it. 
right? Like, yeah, yeah. I couldn't bait out their removal. I'm like, my only counterplay is to not have drawn the card. Like, I can already envision the threads, right? So it's just yeah. whether or not it would be balanced is out of the question. It's entirely um, like the sake awesome. of, of yeah. fun, right? And in this game, with exactly. no potential for like real counterplay. I just, yeah. I, it's the same reason, you know, I've said it before and, I've, and I'll say it again. Like, you won't see land destruction in this game. And if you do, it would be worded as a, if your opponent has more max magicka than you, so that it was only targeting people who had already ramped. But, yeah. like, it's an unfun scenario when my opponent um, has made it so that I just can't do anything. And that's what discard has the potential to do. They can make it so that I just can't do anything. And it's an unfun way to like experience the game when you're literally just like i draw a card and i hit pass i agree i agree completely i think that i mean like so there are are discard cards for example in eternal uh but they're bad right like well it's not they're bad they are not really playable but every now and then you find you play against somebody who's running them and it's so jarring and it's so soul crushing that like i just hate it you know like i do not well and I here's do the not thing need uh targeted discard in my life i was just gonna say eternal unlike this game does have the option for interrupts though and i think that that is right, the right, big right. difference right if there is i totally agree. if there's the potential to stop it i think it's a different scenario but because of the existence of this game uh and yeah. the current mechanics available i don't think discard in its current form has a place <laughs> i agree uh snafu asks what about reveal x cards in your opponent's hand uh i would love to see a support card maybe in blue that said that your opponent plays with their hand revealed yep i would also uh because of the follow-up question from uh zombie hunter nine by nine is what about a scry type effect uh draw a card and put a card from your hand on top of your library um i'm gonna answer that twofold one i would like to see library reveal effects basically uh, i've said before and i'll say it again i think farsight nearid needs to be an ongoing effect and then that mm. card is Im like immediately playable. If Farsight Nerd yeah. always showed what the top card of my opponent's deck was, it would actually see play. Um, yeah, I can see that for sure. Because then you get like infinite information about potential prophecy threat. Um, mm. But for the Scry type effect, I've been saying it for a long time. I think that's how Somerset Orrery needs to be reworked. If Somerset Orrery is still cost six, still has three charges, but says. Uh, activate, draw a card, and then pick a card from your hand to put back on top of your deck. Uh, it makes the card more interesting. Um, it's yeah. worthy of the six cost and taking that big tempo loss. Uh, it allows for bluffing. It allows for interesting prophecy mechanics. Like I, I would absolutely welcome that kind of effect. Yeah, it also support the same kind of strategies that Somerset Ori theoretically does, which is like a prophecy-heavy deck where you want to put those prophecies back. I'm against making more RNG-based cards in every every single conceivable way. See, that's funny. I I am not. As long as the pool of options is within reason. Um, I think that anything that's too large uh, of a pool of outcomes to where, uh, you know, we're talking Wabajack effects or even like heroic rebirth effects where it's like, you know, 1 in 30s I think are too much. Um, but I think personally that, um, 
certain effects like let me give you a good example right like blood magic lord right like i'm fine with blood magic lord because i know that there's a small yeah. handful of outcomes um, yeah blood magic lord is, is fine right but that's still technically rng so, so for me it's just level of rng impact of rng and at what point in the game they occur i think that rng effects that occur earlier in the game and impact the board are also inherently bad because they they have the potential to snowball right i agree so like brutal ashlander even though thankfully it doesn't see a lot of play i think is like a bad example of rng because um it yeah. has the potential to create and snowball a lead based on yeah. rng right but i think blood magic lord works in part because of the small pool of options uh but also because it occurs so much later in the game right like you've you've created a scenario where you've potentially drawn your um you know your answers or abilities to react and yeah you know, might have a board state that uh isn't as like horrific if something goes wrong so i can agree i can get behind that somebody's asking about debate fear uh pro tip draft debate fear in solo arena every chance you get and you will eventually get a title <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's true. And don't and don't try playing it in constructed because you'll feel bad about yourself. <laughs> I, fun fun fact: I got mine in constructed. I got all of Did the charges. Um, I played concede mage. <laughs> basically, I never attacked yeah. face. Played control mage, yeah. and then I shoved in uh, Divith fur, merchant camels. And even Altar of Despair, not because I ever thought I would alter all the way up to 11, uh, but just because oh, no. it was thinning the deck out to increase my chances of drawing him. Yeah, yeah. Because I figured wow. even if I played him, like, once and got, like, one charge per game before people conceded, it was still uh, better yeah. than trying to get him in solo arena. That's fair. I play a lot of solo arena. I mean, honestly, I... I said this before, but I play more Soul Arena than any other format in the game. I just love it. I can sit down and do it stress-free. I can play it on my phone when I'm, uh, do, you know, walking around town, driving at work, whatever, and not feel so bad if I drop, like, signal, you know? I love Soul Arena. Uh, I play Solo Arena more than any other format on my phone, for sure, just because it's the yeah. easiest to start and stop. And I played it a lot more yeah. before I got hooked on Final Fantasy Brave Exvius and Alchemist Code. Um, okay. But yeah, like I also still kind of adore Solo Arena. Um, yeah. Somebody wants us to make Divis for good and uh, also want uh, robot legendaries. I almost said the word, but I remembered that last week I put a moratorium on trying to pronounce it correctly, and I'm just going to say robots now. Man, the Dwemer. But that is one of the words of that guy who comments on my videos helped me learn how to pronounce, because I was pronouncing it Dwemer. But yeah, it's See, I've always said uh, Dwemer. But I guess that's yeah. wrong as well. So I'm I think that might robots. just be from like, I think that might just be like a, the part of the country you're from type thing. Um, yeah, Dwemer legendaries would be legit. <laughs> that's what, that's my thoughts on that. Uh, do I, I mean like they're so close to being constructed playable already, right? Like winning games with mono neutral decks is not nearly as hard as I thought it was would be. Uh, it's not. Um, I think that I think you know we'll continue to get one or two every expansion, at least playable neutral cards. Hopefully playable Dwemer, and um, 
We're almost there. And I, I think they know we want Dwemer Legendaries. You know, they follow the Reddit, and people talk about that every week. So, Best strategy for solo arena? It's um, <clears throat> a good question. I like to challenge myself and just do whatever class uh, I have a quest for that day or week. But um, in general, uh, pick up every two drop they throw at you. <laughs> because it's since Heroes of Skyrim was released, uh, it's been harder to get a well-curved deck and then um there are certain things that the ai prioritizes killing over everything else and once you know those tricks like it can be easier to protect your things like you, the ai will kill a regini highwayman over any single creature on the board even if, if it like results in them dying to you uh there are little things like that that the ai doesn't do very well you just gotta learn how to exploit that yeah i was gonna say the, the same thing, and then I was also going to say my other trick is that I take every guard that is presented to me as well. Yeah, um, yeah the AI does not make good trades. No, so like, forcing them to do it is a good idea. Every now and then, like, I'm not saying it happens every time, but just the sheer fact that they do it. Like, you can drop, like, you know, let's say you get lucky and you draft a Hive Defender. You can drop a Hive Defender, and they might have the ability to trade one creature in and kill it, but they don't, yeah. like, do ordering right. So sometimes Hive Defender yeah. eats an extra creature just because the AI yeah. is dumb. Yeah, Snafu, I know I gotta get rid of rank 9. This is the first time I've been below rank 5 since, uh, or above rank 5, I guess, depending how you look at it, since uh, Open Beta in August of last year. But I just did not have a lot of time to play last season. Um, so I just never, never did it. Did play a lot of Gauntlet, played a lot of Arena, uh, but never got out of rank five. So uh, but yeah, I'll get, th I'll get there this season. This is an interesting question, and I'm really curious to hear your take on it. So, um, yeah. the question is: since the saturation of high-statted creatures with Heroes of Skyrim, uh, in this person's opinion, single and mass removal actions are now weaker. Uh, what is your opinion of adding more removal actions? Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, it's not like the single target removal got worse in any, like, n like distinguishable way, right? It's not like there were a lot of creatures added with five toughness so they don't die a lightning bolt, or a lot of creatures added that uh, can't be targeted by actions so they don't die to javelin. I think that the overall, the it's not that overall necessarily cards in Heroes of Skyrim have had higher stats for their cost than in the other two, three sets we've had. I think the case is just that, like on the latter, you don't have to run the suboptimal cards anymore. So you run the, a caliber of card that's always existed just in fewer number, right? Yeah. So for me, my answer would actually be like first, I have to, I guess, put this disclaimer out. Um, I I don't think that single and mass removal actions are weaker because the, the creatures are higher statted. I think that uh, specifically single target removal is weaker because um, most creatures that are played in the current meta aren't, aren't fully addressed by single target removal. So on one end of the spectrum, we have tokens, right? So <clears throat> execute like used to be great against mid-range <laughs> strategies because it would take out yeah. whatever they played that saturated but against yeah, tokens yeah. it's going to take out like one half of whatever the card was they played um right by the time you get to where you would play ice storm there's enough other synergies and stuff that exists that you might not still like wipe the board um, right 
Similarly, when you go to the other end of the spectrum, you're 100% right, Justin, like Javelin didn't get worse, but when you think about old Ramp Scout versus current, the big thing that's changed yeah. in my mind is that the new uh, versions of Scout, the, the top-end creatures give you extra resources, like, above and beyond what old Blood Magic Lord used to do. Like, Blood Magic Lord yeah. used to be the go-to, like, top-end finisher for Scout because it was, like, one of the right. only creatures in the game that gave you immediate, like, value. Right. But now, right. Uh, in the last, like, two sets, we got Eclipse Baroness, which is, like, a three-for-one. Uh, we got Skeletal Dragon that is uh, not only giving you synergy with your Soul Terror, but it's also a guard, and it, unless it's silenced, yeah. also gives you a creature back. So, yeah. like, yeah. yeah you Eclipse can... Baroness and Skeletal Dragon are great reasons why yeah. javelin like is functionally worse yeah like even parthernax right like okay i killed parthernax <laughs> but chances are he's coming back so he's coming think, back yeah i think that it's not that it's the higher stats i think it's that we have more creatures that replace themselves in some way shape or form because i mean realistically like baroness and skeletal dragon are actually smaller than blood magic lord um right you know it's not the stats, I think, in my opinion, that matter. It's just the efficiency. It's it just hit the nail on the head in terms of card quality is just improved, but uh, even more so, it's that they are, yeah, you know, cards that are not basically dealt with with uh, single target removal. I think that's the problem, yeah. and I honestly don't think printing more actions solves that. Yeah, I, that's an it is an interesting question, right? Like, how do you? Make sure that removal keeps pace with the quality of creatures, you know? Like, uh, I would pay five for uh, a... Uh, well, see, that, that, that's a good point, because I don't know if I would. But I was just thinking about a spell sword specific card that costs five. So, like, very similar to Edict of Azura, but it says silence and destroy a creature. Yeah. I, I think that would get played. And I think that would be a way you could keep up with some of these things. Yeah, I was um, I was thinking the same thing actually. I was like, we just need sorcerer's negation, but for the different class archetypes. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I I think that's uh, like the crux of it. Nah. Uh, Sami Hunter nine by nine. What do you think about trying to make a deck around double attack plus halfing or marauder? So I assume he means like get the, get the fuck out of here. I think he means like uh, monk, right? Swift strike. So like pilfer, like monk with the pilfer combo, right? Master yeah. of Thieves, Thieves Den, and then swift yeah. strike, and then halfinger marauder uh, could be fun. I mean, I'll be honest. That's that's how I did monk back in January when I did it, and all of my turn four kills in history in this game and constructed have been with monk. Yeah, I... doing doing stuff like that. <laughs> I mean, I guess my answer would be uh, you can do it and you'll have some highlight reel wins and then for every highlight reel win you'll probably have like two or three losses yeah. that are like oh. <laughs> That is the very like, that is the perfect like explanation for how that deck works the, the Pilfer deck <laughs> Some of them are hilarious wins and, and you're really happy about it and your opponent's real salty and uh, the rest of the time you just get stomped Pilfer Monk is like the Legends version of playing poker like, the, when anybody asks me what it's like to play, like, poker for real money, like, at a casino, I always describe it as hours of boredom with, like, two minutes of entertainment, right? Like, yeah. there's that moment where you have the one good hand, and, like, everybody's actually in on something, but most of the time, you're either, like, fold, 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 
you get a good hand, you finally bet, everyone else folds to you, right? So, like, it's over. Yeah. Like, if you play poker, like, seriously, you you be ready to, like, be bored for a long time and then have, like, yeah. a couple minutes of exhilaration, and that's what Pilfer Monk is like. Yeah, yeah I mean, the the best the best thing you can do in poker most of the time is fold. <laughs> yep, or be I so would aggressive. Say, like, Right, you, it's it might you might not be able to tell this based on how I play Legends and what I play, but like I, I'm a pretty good poker player, and I am that way because I play incredibly conservatively. You gotta be stingy, man. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you can fold your way if you're playing against the right people. You can fold your way to top four, and then you're in the money, and then you can act like an idiot and go all in every hand if you want to. And sometimes you win doing that. So. <laughs> I actually find that if I play really conservatively, um, yeah. it only takes like winning one or two hands to give myself the ability to bully the table. Uh, specifically, that's, when, that's how I play too, yeah. when when I would play at the casino, um, there would be a lot of people that were much older than me. I would dare say yeah. people that are likely retired, and that's why they're there during the day playing poker as opposed to at their job. Right, and I, mean, I would generate. Like yeah right and i and i was doing this when i was much younger but i would find that like the older crowd for whatever the reason was like i would fold yeah. you know fold a lot i would be conservative i would get one good hand usually it would take one or two people challenging me far enough to where the cards get shown and mm -hmm. if they see like just even twice like okay he's clearly only playing when he has good stuff you can immediately right. leverage that into every now and then just stealing a pot by being aggressive because they they remember they're like okay the last two times he did this it was whatever um and then you yeah. can kind of abuse that till you have a chip lead and then just like justin said you coast till you're in the money and then you do whatever you want yeah and that's the best time like i'm not gonna lie like it's a lot of fun to uh you know be like i right, i got ace three like <laughs> I raise, <laughs> you know what I mean? Or for that matter, I mean, I've won hands with two seven because I was playing the way we were just talking about, you know? Yeah. And, uh, anyway, yeah, I love poker, but <laughs> I used to, I used to play a lot more actually. Legends took up most of the time that I spent playing poker. Yeah. I, I kind of love poker too. And I purposefully stay away for the, yeah, because it's not free I... to play. <laughs> Exactly. And I mean, I will say too, like, I'm better at poker than I am at Legends. But it's because, like, there's a certain skill set that, like, makes you better at poker that doesn't really translate to Legends. And, like, I don't have a whole lot of patience. <laughs> I, I was actually going to say the other big advantage, like, to poker. Yeah. You can't really meme in poker, right? Like, right. The, the best you can do is go all in with 2 7 off. I challenge that. I was about to say the best you can do is show up at the casino dressed like orc. Oh shit! Like that—that that is a, <laughs> that is a meme that you can do. I could, <laughs> I could. I mean, you know, orc's in an interesting place because at the end of his last appearance, he decided he, after he met God, he decided he was going to go and play Soul Arena all the time from and and stop worrying about winning. So I'm not sure like how I'm, what I'm supposed to do with that. Like his storyline is getting kind of complicated. <laughs> That's funny. So, uh, the Naruzi asked if anybody wanted to test Singleton. Uh, I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out. Um, if people want to, like, arrange testing, um, I'm opening up my Discord now. I'm going to create uh, 
uh, a text channel and a voice channel. So uh, I'll name it Singleton, and if people want to hop in and test it uh, or organize things, feel free to use my Discord to coordinate. It's uh, a good idea. So I just wanted to throw that out because I do think that's fantastic. And uh, as we said earlier, it is not fun as of right now to test your Singleton uh, on the ladder or on uh, casual. So. Yeah, I mean it's not it's not terrible, but it's not fun either. <laughs> hey, uh, I think I gotta get out of here, man. I gotta yeah. get up real early. I know. I appreciate this a, you. This, this was, is a good one. I needed this today, man. I I needed it as well after a long week. That's why I told you, like, no, we're not postponing yeah. this, man. Like, <laughs> That's what's up. And congratulations again on your anniversary. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Yeah, that's what's up. And uh, thank you all uh, in the audience for participating and coming and hanging out with us as usual. Uh, this is always a lot of fun. If you have some ideas for things you want to see us do or talk about in the future, you can tweet them at us or message Charmer on Discord. I really only log into Discord on Friday nights. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. All right. Well. Uh, go team. Go team. Uh, we'll see you next time. See you next week. Same, same goofy place, same goofy channel. Same cat channel. <laughs> <laughs>